Good morning. We don't have that many children here, but uh, I thought about uh, Children's Sunday, and I went through and I thought about, do you tell stories, uh, Bible stories? What do you do for Children's Sunday? And uh, Christina led that song uh, about the butterflies, and April led some of those. Uh, very appreciative of those songs. They're children's songs. Uh, but in all of this, I've asked Marianne to tell a story for the children. Uh, it's not a Bible story, but it is a story that has to do with learning obedience. So I'm going to give her whatever few minutes she needs to tell that story. And... Uh, you want to tell it from here, or do you want a mic? Okay. You all older kids know this because I've told it so often, but anyhow, we're going to have a Bobbly Wink and Sue story and the creaky old house. Bobbly Wink and Sue had to obey. Now, there were some things they could do and some things they couldn't do. And there were some places they could go and some places they couldn't go. They couldn't go knocking on other people's houses and go calling unless they were invited. And they were never, ever allowed to go anywhere by themselves after dark. Hmm. One of the places they weren't allowed to go was in the old deserted house back on the next block. Nobody lived there. Nobody had lived there for a long, long time and the windows were all boarded up and the fence was all falling down and there was a big sign on the front gate that said, no trespassing, which meant stay away. You're not allowed to come here. One night after supper, Bob and Wink and Sue were outside playing and it wasn't quite dark yet so they wandered up the street. And they never knew quite how it had happened, but all of a sudden, there they were, back on the next block, right in front of the empty old house. And at the very same moment, they both thought of the same thing. Hey, the gate's open. Let's go in. We're, we're not supposed to, Bobbly Wink. Well, we won't go in to play. We we'll, won't stay. We'll just go in and look. You mean for just a minute? Yeah, for just a minute, and then we'll just run right out. Well, all right, but for just a minute. Bobbly Wink and Sue went through the creaky old gate. They went up the creaky old steps, and Bobbly Wink pushed open the door. It was big and empty and full of spider webs. Bobbly Wink, it's awfully big. And it's awfully empty. And full of spider webs. Let's go. No, no, wait just a moment. I'm going to see the next room and then go away. Go. Don't go away and leave me. I won't go away and leave you, Sue. I'll just tip to the, to the door and look. You mean for just a minute? Oops, got mixed up. I'll just tiptoe to the, I'll just tiptoe and look. Oh, boy, the floor squeaks. I'll just be a minute. 
Most of the adults have heard those stories. Uh, there's a few others that go with it, but uh, that's one that probably most of the younger children have not heard. 
Uh, today is Children's Day. What do you do with Children's Day? I got my Bible out and I went looking for children. And what do you do with children? How are children? How do they affect your life? How do they incorporate into the church? And one thing I found that I found very much, uh, I was very much impressed with. And it's all in the Old Testament. It's in Joshua chapter 8, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, Nehemiah chapter 12, and then I guess one of them is in Matthew. But it is children included in the corporate worship. One of those, they read the law and they stood. I don't know how many hours that took. I don't know if the children all stood. I don't know. But the children were there. And I found that that, that has so impressed me with our way of doing it. Children's church, as I have been to larger churches, where the children may be there for a few minutes and then they're gone until church is over. They're not included in the life of the church. They're just, I don't know how you say it, they're just not there. And I've always appreciated that we have not ever done just children's church. The children have been in our meeting. And part of that, and I know sometimes, I, you know, I was a young parent too at one time, and I know the distractions them little critters can make. Uh, when people sit behind you that, and your child is turned around, when they're, especially when they're young, and they're looking back and all of a sudden somebody makes a face, or the child makes a face and they get to giggling and you know it's just it can be very distracting but I think it's important that they're there children are a part of the body of Christ and they are a part of us and I think it's so important that they see how church operates uh, it's not always easy, and I know that, but I also know that over the years when there were almost no children here, and you would hear a baby cry, I don't know about you parents, but for me it was the most wonderful sound I heard in a long time, to have a little one in church. And I know sometimes as parents, we get ourselves all tied up in a knot and we think, you know, this person or that person can't, can't hear because of what my child is doing or what's that, whatever. But children are an important part of the brotherhood. I want to turn to John chapter 20 uh, as a beginning. Uh, and we're going to, I didn't write them down. They're in the back of my Bible. There's a whole list of Bible stories for children. It's, I think it's listed as Sunday afternoon 
stories or something like that. Uh, and I might read through some of those, especially some of the harder ones. There was a couple of them I had to go look up uh, the verses to see what the actual story was because it didn't click in my mind. And it's not an exclusive story. Uh, if you think of our Bible, the Old Testament is full of stories. I mean, we read, I mean, we sang this morning about David and Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, you know, you have Samson and Solomon. And, you know, you can just go on and on and on about the stories. The New Testament has a lot of stories in the first four, first, first four books. But once you leave there, or you can even add Acts to it, but once you leave there, it becomes doctrinal theological and then of course toward the end of it there's prophecy but there's just scads of stories uh, and you know there's a few of my favorites and I may mention those today but I'd like to read start at uh, verse 21 uh, and this is after the resurrection and Jesus said peace be unto you my as my father has sent me even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins, ye shall remit. They, shall, they are remitted unto them. And those whoever sins ye retain are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, and was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said, I won't believe. It, it's not going to happen. I can't believe unless I see. Now we're going to skip down to uh, verse 29. And Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they, and this is the one I want us to catch. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Past death. There's not a single one of us that have fitly seen the Lord. We have not physically touched him or handled him or what, you know, none of those things. We have not physically actually spoken to him. Some people, you know, sometimes you hear in a vision or a dream the word coming to you. But those things are not, and these things are all written. John says that we may believe. If you go back to Deuteronomy chapter 4, uh, he talks about, I think I'm just going to read that. It's chapter 4 verse 7. He says, for what nation, no it's not 7, it's 9, only take heed to thyself. 
and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest thou depart from thine heart all the days of thy life, but teach them to thy sons and thy sons' sons. The importance of teaching what we know. Uh, earlier he said, you know, take this law, bind it on your finger, put it as frontlets between your eyes, put it on your doorpost, put it out so you know it, so you see it, so you remember it. In chapter 6, uh, starting at verse 7, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk to them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign on thine hand, and, on thy, and they shall be frontlets to, between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. And, thou, and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which we he swore unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all the good things. Verse 12, Then beware lest thou forget. It's the importance of making sure that we as adults pass on to our children, and not just our children, you know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. So that means other people need to speak into the life of that child. And that means corporately we as a church need to do that. We need to be able to speak together, work together to raise these children. We're not always going to be here uh, Somebody asked me a while back what I thought of the church name change, and I said, I'll tell you right now, I don't have to live with it very long. <laughs> if I like it, fine. If I don't like it, I don't have to live with it very long. I'm old enough that it's not going to be another 50 years unless the Lord does something that he's not done in a long time. I won't be here. Uh, but it's the idea that we need to incorporate our children. It is important that our children are a part you go to Matthew, and I'm not going to read these. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all three have the story of Jesus and the children where he says, the, the disciples said, don't, you know, keep the children away. And Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me. And then he gives a reason for that. Not just that they're important, but he says, because that's the way the kingdom of heaven is. If you're not like a little child, you're not going to see the kingdom of heaven. I don't know where you put faith, but childlike faith is important. And Jesus said that. And he said it in three of the, the gospels talk about that message. Suffer them to come unto me. Because the kingdom of heaven is like that. And it talks about, one commentator said that some of these children were babies. And I got to reading it, and if you read it, could very well be. Because it says he took them in his arms. Put that where you want to put it. But he held them. So they couldn't have been very big 
they had to be small children. And he says the same thing when the disciples were arguing about who is the greatest. Where did he go? He went and got a little child and he set that in the middle of them and talked about that child. That's the importance that God puts on children. <clears throat> There's a number of, of uh, places in Isaiah chapter 40. Uh, he talks about taking care of the children to feed them, you carry them, and you lead them. Be, and, and he specifically says, be gentle in your leading. Makes me sometimes wonder what people consider gentle. But he says, be gentle. In Matthew... 10, the reward that you and I get, and I know it, it sounds like, yeah, right, but Jesus said, if you give a child a cup of cold water in my name, there's a reward for you. That's how important Jesus looked at children. In Matthew 18, I talked about that. Uh, a child example sat among them as the, as the greatest. Uh, and in Matthew 18, also verse 10. Uh, and I, I didn't go looking to see what other translations actually said, but I was impressed with this one. This is King James, by the way. He says... Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you, and this is the part that caught my attention, that in heaven their angels do always behold. Their angels are watching. If somebody says there's no such a thing as a guardian angel, I'd like to know what they do with that verse. Because that verse tells me there is a guardian angel. And he says, whatever you do, and this is Jesus' words, he says, despise them not. Don't push him out. Don't get, you know, say, you know, they're a nuisance. Because they're not. And he says it because the angels are watching. The importance that Jesus puts on children. One of the things that I also saw in this, uh, and this sort of switches us to uh, a different part, it's the obedience of children. And, and these are Bible stories. We don't know exactly how old Isaac was. But he was a young lad. Did you ever think about it that he allowed his dad to tie him up and lay him on an altar? And I guarantee you Isaac knew what it meant for a sacrifice. He knew what that meant. Because he said, we have the fire and the wood. Where's the lamb? Where is that third person at? That third object we need for this sacrifice. 
And all his dad said was, God will provide. Yet he was willing to be bound and laid on that altar. And it went to the point, I don't know if he was laid face down or face up, but either way, it doesn't matter. He knew that his dad had a knife for a reason. And yet, he allowed it. In Judges chapter 11, Jephthah's daughter. She could have just, when she asked for, what was it, three months? She could have just disappeared. Just out of here. But she didn't. And she knew what was going to happen. And yet she was willing to do that. There's three. First uh, Samuel chapter 2. We have Samuel. And it says there in verse 26, and he grew in favor with God and man. John the Baptist in Luke 1, he grew in favor with God and man. And in Luke 2, chapter, I mean chapter 2 of Luke verse 49, Jesus also grew in favor. And they grew because of obedience. In 2 Timothy, Paul reminds Timothy, he says, you have known the Holy Scriptures from your youth, from your childhood. Your mom put them into you, and your grandma had a, had a place in placing them into you and driving them into you, so you knew the Scriptures. And Timothy was obedient enough to become a pastor. It doesn't give us any indication about Titus, but it, this is the only spot it really talks about Timothy uh, and his obedience to uh, the Word of God and being willing to serve. Some of the Bible stories... Uh, I found him interesting. Uh, and the, first, the very first story that people, and, and, and uh, I think New Tribes Mission uses this to start with, they use the book of Genesis is where they start. And the very first story is, who made the world? How did it happen? That's your first one. And then from there... You can go, I thought, I thought the next one had an interesting title. The woman who exchanged her home for an apple. Uh, you know, Eve did that. It goes down through uh, the boy who lost his home because of mocking. You know who that was? It's in Genesis chapter 22. Ishmael, he and Hagar were cast out because he mocked Isaac. Uh, and then, of course, Joseph's coat, the beautiful coat, uh, the boy captive who became a prime minister. Uh, 
that's the story of Joseph. Uh, he was sold, and then, you know, things went from bad to worse. Uh, <clears throat> I like the one in Numbers, how snake bites are healed. That was, a, that was I, I like the title of it, how snake bites are healed. And Moses said, all you got to do is look at the serpent that I put up. That's all you got to do. And the snake bite is healed. Uh, yeah, and you can go down through this list. Uh, we sang the, we didn't sing the song this morning, but I thought about it. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho. Uh, what happened to a city that was marched around 13 times? Well, it fell down. Uh, and of course, Samson. That story, the, the young man who became a slave by having his hair cut. Uh, it switched from being the strongest man to just an ordinary man. Uh, you have the story about the men who lost their lives because they were curious and looked into the into the the ark. Uh, those people lost their lives for just looking. Doesn't say they did anything else. And then you have the story of of uh, what was his name, Uzziah. The oxen stumbled, and he reached out to steady the thing, and it cost him his life. Uh, things happen quick. Uh, you know, the stories just go on, and you could tell a number of them. Uh, uh, I just, I, I always enjoyed the Bible stories. Uh, one of them, one of them that uh, I'd like you to think about. It's Mr. Selfishness, Mr. Curiosity, and Mr. Kindhearted. You should know that one. I'll leave it. I'll leave you to think about that a little bit. <laughs> uh, and of course, the story of the nine men who forgot to say thank you. Uh, the boy who ran away from home, that's your prodigal son. You know, and it, it's the la one of the last ones they list here is the fatal lie in Acts, uh, Ananias and Sapphira. Now, back to the other one. Who was that? I think I heard it. Good Samaritan. Good Samaritan. They passed by. They looked and they passed by. And then you had the one who took time. As we think about the things that happen in the Bible and Bible stories, those are the ones that we need to portray to our children and our grandchildren because that's the ones that spark the interest in reading this book. If you don't get an interest sparked in reading this book, they're not going to know what is in the book. 
And the other thing I'd like to encourage us to do is remember to tell the things that God has done for us. The things that happen to us on a daily basis. Uh, I had one in mind I was going to tell this morning and it completely slipped my mind. I remember talking about it that it could have only been a God thing. It's the only way it could have happened. And now I can't even remember what it was and I feel bad because I said, that's what I want to tell this morning. And uh, I forgot to write it down and so it is not there. But there are so often things happen in our lives that are not just a coincidence. They're not just something that is a fleeting passing moment or thing. It's a God thing. It happened because God made it happen. Uh, and we need to pass those on to our children so that they know when something important happens that they know that we, that we as adults recognize it, that it was not just a coincidence. It was a God thing. God did it. It's too important for them to know that, that we, leave, that, that we don't forget to make sure they know that. So today is Children's Day. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to this afternoon and a time. We have one, and it's, this is just as information to you. We have a neighbor that's planning to come, and uh, he has a 13-year-old son that is very autistic, and he does not do well in crowds. And I would just encourage us to pray for that little boy. His name is Emmett. He's 13. Uh, his dad's coming. His mom has to work today, and his sister and a cousin are coming uh, if things work. And that may not happen because of his autism. If he, depending on what happens, it may you know, be too much to even, for him to even show up. But it's a place for us to be able to show acceptance and add to it, to add to our group of somebody we can touch. And uh, so I just... Would, I just wanted to put that out. If he's there, uh, you know, we need to be careful, but we need to be accepting. And uh, uh, I've only met the boy once, so I really don't know a whole lot more than that. Uh, but uh, I would just encourage us to do our best to include those children. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day and a special day for children, a day that you have given these children to us that we can commemorate them as well as do our part to teach them that we don't forget that they may not know the things we know but we need to teach them those things so that they can also see you and be in your kingdom with us. I thank you Lord for the ones you've given to us, the ones that are adults and are here, the ones that are small. You know, we were all a child at one time, and we just thank you, Lord, that someone took time to pass 
salvation onto us. Thank you again for being here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.